Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to episode 11 of NBA Holes. My name is Joe Connors. I'm with my co-host, Mr. Dave Hendrick. How are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm good, Joe. I'm good. It's ex- exceptionally hot here in Toronto at the minute, which is yeah. But Dave doesn't know the, the this kind of this side of the world's humidity. Um, it can be it's appalling. Um, it's disgusting. It is. So we we get it worse at two. No, I've been to China too, and you're right, it's not this bad. The only place I've ever been in the world, and I've been in a lot of places, the Philippines, I have family there, that is um, basically hell on earth. But it's beautiful, it's just like you're my, I'm the whitest man alive, so my skin melts off. Um, nice, but nice. we are, yeah, we are about a month away from real games, Dave, and we are about Thanks. two weeks from training camp. It's coming up, man. It is, it's coming quickly. Um it's it's nice. You've, everything's kind of settled down now. Pretty much, most teams have their rosters in place. We know yeah. where, barring trades, everybody's going to be playing this year. Um, so it's it's nice. You can kind of get settled in. There's not much happens for the next two weeks. Um, but then we basically know Joel Embiid's going to be MVP. You know the Sixers going to win 50 games. We're going to get this shit rolling, and Kyrie's going to break a kneecap. So I'm all good. You're projecting there, Joe. so as we always do i'm going to start with twitter questions and the first one comes from rick at ricardinho 1892 uh a list one of our one of my favorite listeners always has great questions and i thought this one was really good and he's asking who makes the bigger leap this season gary harris or rodney hood i would say rodney hood because i think he's going to have a bigger role this year. I don't know that Gary Harris will have a bigger role than he did last year. I don't know that he'll be given uh, as much of an opportunity to be a playmaker as Rodney Hood is going to get in Utah. I think 
I think Hood could really explode this year. I think he's a very, very talented boy. Obviously, he's a, he's one of your guys. He's from Duke. So he is. He, he's transfer. Yeah, like he's he's fundamentally exceptional. He's got a lot of talent, and you know he's kind of been held back a little bit in Utah because they didn't need to rush him. They had Gordon Hayward playing pretty much the same role, doing similar things. Mm-hmm. Now, ha- having learned from Hayward for a couple of years, he gets to step in to, I think what's, I think it's a really good team they have there. I, I obviously love the addition of Rubio, love their draft pick. They've still got their big guys up front. They've got decent depth. They've got some good veterans and they've got a fantastic coach and a very good front office. They're a really well run organization who are putting this guy in the best possible position to, 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 uh, you know, to succeed. I'm not sure how things fit in, in Denver, so I don't know what Gary Harris's role is going to be yet, um, because they've got a lot of moving parts at the minute. Yeah, they do. I actually totally agree with you. I'm a big Rodney Hood fan, and I, I think he's only going to get, like you said, basically a bigger chance to shine with Gordon Hayward not there. Um, it just makes too much sense. He's, he's got an NBA game. He's actually better in the NBA than he was in college. He was a good college player. But you could see when he played under Coach K, he wanted more, 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 and that's just not the way Duke rolls. Um, I like Gary Harris, but I I don't know how good Gary. I don't know what I don't know what Gary Harris's ceiling is. Not so, I, and it's it's really hard to judge at this point because I don't know if he's that good of a shooter as he showed last year. Is he even uh, a guaranteed um, starter? That's well, that's the other thing. They've got and, Jamal Murray as well, who's and you, and you know they're going to play him all the time because they drafted him high and he's supposed to be the shooter. So, yeah, I don't know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Rodney Hood there, and I don't even think that's close. Um, next question is from Mitch Move at Noblo 2013. He asked, "What did you guys take from the Kyrie interview, the one he did on first take? Did you see that?" I did, um, but as with everything, when Kyrie speaks, I stop listening. I have he fine is a tuned weird the brain. Yes, he's man. weird. He's freak. He he's is a man. Thinks like he was very splash. condescending on it. Yeah, he's. he's, he's I, I I can only laugh at that. You know, he really the man really believes they're at this flat, um, and there's a lot more of them coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, have came out and said that, but he was very condescending in that. Um, but I do agree with the one thing he did say. I don't think he owes it to LeBron to tell him he was asking for a trade. No, LeBron didn't tell Dwayne Wade that he was leaving to go to Cleveland. That's right. So, so people LeBron who are, can suck an egg if he's unhappy with that. LeBron basically. has history of this. Um, yes. But then LeBron also has histories of trying to change the past. You know, LeBron is the greatest rewriter of history. The man yes, who invented the super team uh, claims he's never played on a super team. So... You know, I don't think he owes LeBron anything because if it wasn't for Kyrie, LeBron wouldn't have a ring. As great as LeBron was in that finals, it was Kyrie who got them over the top. Not only with his playing games five, six, and seven, but with that big shot to basically win the title. So I don't think he owes LeBron a, a, a heads up. I don't think he owes him a thank you. I don't think he owes him anything. I think they had a mutually beneficial partnership yeah. and it's come to an end. Um, for whether that's for the better or worse of either individual is yet to be seen. I, I, I don't think there's any way they're going to be better apart than they were together. But, you know, maybe the, the Cavs rework things and find a way to 
elevate Kevin Love to the level we saw in Minnesota. And he can replace a lot of the scoring output that Kyrie would have given them. Obviously, they got Isaiah as well, who's going to score for fun. Um, yeah. I, I, Especially I, I, with the problem. Yeah, exactly. With Kyrie not having to be the ball handler and basically been able to play his offensive game with a lot of it off the ball and a lot less attention because of LeBron, I think, I think Isaiah is going to really do well in Cleveland. I said to you before, I believe they'll offer him the max contract after this year because I think LeBron will leave. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think they'll want to keep at least, you know, I don't know how big a star he is, um, but I think Thomas is a very, very good player offensively. Um, and I think if you can get him and put a good team around him, not a great team, but a good team around him, you can be a playoff team every year. And when LeBron goes, that's all they can hope for because they don't want to repeat of what happened the last time James left. And no, it, God, no. You know, in terms of Kyrie, I, I love the fit in Boston. I think it's going to be great for him. Um, if they figure out their rotations and figure out who's going to partner him in the backcourt um, and how it's going to work with him and Hayward, I, I think it could be really, really good. I genuinely do. Yeah, no, I, and that, you know, the interview, he's, he's a weird dude. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't really answer questions. He dances around everything. Um, but I, again, I, I already said, I don't think he owes LeBron shit. Um, didn't have to, you know, it was a weird interview. I don't even know why he did it, but, um, you know, I guess he just wanted to talk about really, he has a really good, he said, he, he thinks he's a wordsmith, with, mm. which kind of annoys me a little bit because. But he went to Duke, didn't he? Yeah, but he went there for one year and he, you know, he, he went there he for barely, four months or something. Yeah, and he, cause he barely played. Remember, he got hurt. He had the yeah. toe, that weird toe injury. And it's not, I don't even think it's that. I just think he's just, he tried to make himself, Listen, I'm not saying the guy. Yeah, and I'm not saying the guy's dumb. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna insult the guy, but like, you don't have to make yourself sound like you're some fucking genius either, you know, though. So, you know who, he, who he reminds me of in terms of his personality and the way he speaks. Hmm. A Rod. He does. He kind of has that arrogance that hmm. and that forced. It's like a forced yes. polish. He's trying to make himself sound really, you know, intellectual and polished when. It's not really who he is, and it wasn't who A-Rod was either. No, um, and the, well, you're seeing, it's funny now, because A-Rod's a really good baseball analyst. He's a phenomenal. Analyst. He's ridiculously good, and he was such an asshole as a player, mm. so you just you just never know. But yeah, the interview was strange. I, 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 don't, I don't really watch First Take normally. No, nobody should watch First Take. Can, if we can just speak to our followers at the minute, uh, nobody should shit. watch First Take. It's garbage. And don't walk, don't watch um, Skip and whatever Shannon or whatever the fuck that's called on Fox either. It's garbage. It's garbage. And first take was garbage when it was Stephen A and, and Skip because both of them are assholes and morons. With both morons in the media. So, no, you know, somebody's paying them just because they just talk shit and they get ratings. Yeah. That's all. They, that's all they're on there for. So they're being paid to say things they don't actually believe. Oh, wholeheartedly. You know? That's exactly what they did. It's a reaction thing. That's all it is. So, um, next question is from Ali at Giolino. Uh, he's asking though, basically your reactions to ESPN and SI's NBA power rankings and player rankings. We're going to talk about the player rankings later, so we'll get to that. Um, but I at least wanted to shout his question. And our, la- I believe it's our last Twitter question is from JP at JP23X. Who do you think will have a breakout year from last year's rookie class? I can take this first if you want. Yeah, uh, well, I, to be honest, I think the answer is Ben Simmons. 
Yeah, I thought the two obvious ones was who you just said, Ben Simmons. I actually think Ben Simmons is going to, barring injury, I think he's actually going to dominate right from the beginning just because he's a unique player. I think he's going to be rookie of the year. Yeah, you said that before, and I I didn't poo-poo it. I just it's it's hard because he's he's going to have faults on the team, and they're going to um, split the vote. They are for sure. Well, it happened last year. There's no way Chris Middleton. You can't tell me Chris Middleton is better than Joel Embiid. Or Dario Sarge, I'll just tell you you're a liar. But I understand why you got it, mm. so not that offended by it. But no, the other Brown. guy, yeah, oh yeah, it was Malcolm. What did I say, Middleton? Yeah, I'm sorry, I met Malcolm Brogdon. I apologize. They're all the same to me because the Milwaukee Bucks are kind of they have really good players, but they're yeah, they are. I mean, it's I, I I'm no offense to them, but you're in fucking Milwaukee. Um, so <laughs> the other guy who's really gonna I think step forward is Brandon Ingram. Um, which is kind of an obvious one, but I, I like if you look at his game, if his it, and it's it's with most most guys, their shot just needs to get to a point where the rest of their 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 game is there. But if your shot never develops, you're never going to take the next step. I think he does. Um, I'm not sure about Jalen Brown. I'm still not sure about that. It'll be interesting to see because it, it's going to depend on what his role is. If if Hayward is playing the two. And he's the three, and he's primarily a Pippen type three, where he's like a secondary option. He'll be the third option for them at best. But he's asked to focus mainly on defense and create, yeah. creating for others. I think he can be be really good. I think eventually he could develop into a Jimmy Butler type player. But if they try and force too much with him, well, that, yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I just the risk. well, see the thing with him is like if he becomes Jimmy Butler. I'll go to Toronto and give you a thousand dollars because I just don't see that in his game. Like the man can't, and I know you can improve this, but the man can't dribble. Neither could Jimmy <laughs> Butler. Jimmy Butler couldn't dribble the ball, basketball coming into the NBA though. Yeah, but see, I disagree with that. Jimmy Jimmy Butler could dribble closely. Like he like he could. Jimmy Butler was really good with keeping the ball within your body. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Jalen Brown's not good at that. Like Jimmy Butler's compact, thick, and big. Jalen Brown's the exact opposite. Let's start with the guy who made. The Do you know what I mean? Like he he can run up and down a court, but the whole NBA can. So that doesn't. And I'm not picking on Boston guys. I, I know I come off like that sometimes, but unfortunately he got drafted there. I just I don't see it with him. Um, but that's just you know personal opinion. Chris Dunn is a guy that I just I don't know what happened to him. You know I was huge on him when your Minnesota Timberwolves drafted him, and then he just had an awful year. Now he's on the Bulls, so. I mean, he's got nowhere to go but up or out of the league. One of the two, because if he has another league, another year like that, he's he'll done. be done in the. Yeah, he's got his rookie contract, and then that's it. Um, Buddy Heald came on real strong last year. Uh, he's but an interesting one. He is. I don't know how season, he can be a full season in Sacramento. Maybe, maybe there's there's something like. I, I honestly think that the ideal role for Buddy Heald is a sixth man. He's just, a, you know, a, a, a heel so on the bench. I don't he can think score. He can, yeah, he can score, and he can score in bunches as well. Like, Buddy's yeah. the kind of guy who'll give you, you know, 12 points in five minutes, and then sit his ass down. You've got yeah. him what you need, sit his ass down and bring him back in later. The guy can't play defense. He can't dribble. He's just... He's very limited in what he can do, but he can score. He has to be a six-man. And if they put him in a six-man role this year, 
and he gets a full, he's getting a full camp with a good coach. And then they've got, I think they've got a, a decent team this year. I don't think it's a particularly good team, but it's decent. It's certainly better than anything they've had recently. Yeah, they have a lot um, more talent for sure. Yeah, you know, and, and they seem to have a bit of a, an identity now in, with Dave Yeager in charge. Yeah. You know, I think they'll have an identity which they've never had since, not Under. since what, the Weber years? Yeah, or them well, they were actually had really good teams. Yeah, and then, they were a great team back then, but they've been yeah. garbage since even McBoogie, who was one of the top fifteen players in the league. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. Forty three coaches in like six years or whatever it was. And Vladi um, Divots, who's a fucking moron running the team. So oh, just, and, and that Vivek guy. Like Oh yeah, they're both fucking idiots. I'm sorry. The the NBA needs to put in like a basic basketball IQ test. Asking questions about basketball before they allow anyone to own a team, because yeah. Vivek would have scored a zero. There could have been a hundred questions, he still would have scored a zero. The guy doesn't have a fucking clue. He was trying, to, try, trying to use examples from like his his daughter's middle school basketball team for think for plays they can run. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Vivek, but this isn't for you. Like, yeah, another guy like Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I don't know how much better he can get. I know he won Rookie of the Year, but to me that doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, Jamal Murray, I'm not really high on him. I'm not sure how where you sit with Jamal Murray. Again, like I, Woody, sixth man or nothing. Yeah, I just don't think, like, what does he, and he didn't shoot well last year, but that's only one season, so it's hard to really, you know, just use that to, to beat him with a stick with. But what else does he do than, other than shoot? Um, not Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. He's, he's not a, like, he's not a good defensive player. Um, his handle's not particularly good. He's a decent passer of the ball, but, like I said, he's not good enough as a handler of the ball to play point guard. Yeah. So, I mean, if you play him with a good point guard, um, you know, you might be able to get something out of it, but I mean, you know, the key there is with a good point guard, and their point guard is either Jameer Nelson, and all due respect, He's had a very good career, but he's 35 years of age. He'd be 36 yes. this season. Yeah, he's very old. Or Emmanuel Moutier, who has all the physical gifts in the world, but my good God, that guy has no brain. No, zero. No, he's he'll never be a player. He doesn't know how to play basketball. He's an that, athlete. That's that's exactly what he is. He has no, no. clue how to play basketball. I, I'm sure they're going to run their offense through Jokic. So yeah. if he's your primary creator and you just stick for like. They could, if they run the offense through Jokic, then they can play Murray as the point guard, and then Harris plays the two. So they get both of them on the court together. And in that role, maybe Murray can be something, but they're going to struggle defensively because... Massively. (laughs) Point guards are going to eat that guy alive. They're going to go by every... Imagine Russell Westbrook just up up against him. That's that's the night off for Russell where he still scores 45 points, you know? Yeah. Basically. That's that easy work that Floyd May- Mayweather talks about. That's that easy work. Yeah, fucking dickhead. So, anyway, there's one more guy from that class who I think could be a player, but I want to hear what you have to say about him. And it's um, because Jimmy Butler left and he left a gaping hole in the uh, Chicago Bulls, what do you think about Denzel Valentine? Do you think he can take the, the leap or is he not – you don't think he's quite good enough? I don't think he's quite good enough. I think fundamentally he's very good, but there's just there's a level of talent that's lacking. I think he's he's got the will, I think he's got the desire. I think he 
I think he could be a very good seventh or eighth man on a very good team. Do you know what I mean? I think he could play yeah. a really good team and be a contributor. And I think he could be a great locker room presence. He could be a leader on that team. But I just think, talent-wise, he's just... Especially for a really bad team like that, I just don't think he's good enough to make the leap to, okay. to really lift them. And I, I could be wrong. I know that coming out of college, Gennaro loved him, which probably means he's not that good. But, I mean, like that's an interesting team, that, that Bulls team, because... They are. I, I don't mean interesting in a good way now. I mean, like, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know how it all fits. I don't know who's playing where. I don't know who the point guard's going to be. I, I hope it's not going to be Chris Dunn. Um, I don't know who's playing. I think it is. If I think it, it has is, to be. They're fucked. I mean, I um, think it has to be because it seems like Dwayne Wade isn't going to be there. Not yeah. that he's going to play. So, I mean, like, who else do they play? You know, so, like, I mean, they could, they could do what we did a couple of years ago and play Levine. But my God, yeah. um, it's in trouble. No, 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 no. Um, so it's interesting. It is interesting to see what happens with Denzel Valentin, Valentine, I should say. Um, but I, I, for me, I think his ceiling is as a, a, a really good seventh or eighth man off the bench, energy kind of player. And maybe in a couple of years, he could develop into a Jay Crowder type. Yeah. But I mean, again, you look. Which would at, be good. Yeah, of course it would, and that's a valuable player. But again, like. You look at Jay Crowder, and is he going to start for Cleveland this year? No, he wouldn't start for like the Spurs, the Warriors. You don't think he'd start for Houston? No, he, he doesn't start for those elite teams. He started for Chicago last, or for Boston last year, while they're rebuilding, while they're growing. Yeah, but I mean, everybody's known that that's Jalen Brown's spot. If Jalen Brown makes the leap, he's just going to take that spot, which is why they've traded. Why, yep. why Boston were happy to trade him. So maybe he becomes a, a Jay Crowder type in a couple of years, where, like Jay Crowder will have this year, he's a sixth or seventh or eighth man. And he's not a good enough scorer to be a sixth man, neither is Crowder. So a seventh or eighth man off the bench. Um, okay. but a key player, you know, a key player on a good team, but not necessarily a starter. Yeah, more like a glue guy, does a lot. Exactly. Like a, like, a real, like a really poor man's Draymond Green. Yeah, a dirty work kind of player, you know? Like, um, yeah. rather than Draymond, what's that guy's name who played for... I think you... Who's that... You guys signed someone from the Celtics this year? Uh, Amir Johnson. Yes. An Amir Johnson type, a dirty work kind of guy. Yeah. A glue guy, great locker room presence, good leader knows how to fundamentally play the game of basketball, won't let you down on either end, but mm-hmm. isn't going to pull up any trees on either end either. Exactly. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I I don't... He shot well from three last year, and I don't think he's that good of a shooter. But, I, you know, in the NBA, when you're the guy, you got to be able to create your own shot, and I don't think he can do that. But, again, like you said, he could be a useful player. So um, I'm going to transition a little bit into... October 16th is a deadline for teams to sign eligible players from the 2014 draft class to rookie scale extensions before they hit restricted free agency next summer. So restricted restricted free agency is basically if Dave owns a player and I want that player and I offer them a deal, Dave has the option to match. If Dave chooses not to, then the player is mine. Whereas an unrestricted free agency players can sign wherever they want just to clear that up for people who are new to the game. Um, so I have a long list here. We're not going to go over everyone, but I kind of wanted your opinion on 
would you offer them if you were that team? What kind of deal you'd offer them? Because there's a lot of different cases here. And the first one is one of the hardest ones I'll start with. Dave, if you're the Sixers, what do you do with Joel Embiid? It is the hardest one. Because on talent, you offer to him every day. Yeah. On, on what's happened so far, you can't. Like, you really, really can't. You've got to find a way to work with him to maybe take, you know, a less, like a, even if you can offer them, offer them the max four or five years, but if years three, four and five are team options or something like that, because you cannot mortgage yourself to this guy, not when he's played 31 games, 31 games in three years. You, you just yeah. can't. Um, now, what if he, what if he says to you, I'll play devil's advocate. What if he says to you, I want a max contract or I'm not signing? And you take that chance and you go, okay, well, then we're not going to sign you. Then I wait for him to go into restricted free agency and see what comes out. But then you might have to pay top max top dollar. But remember, as a restricted free agent, the max that they can offer him is less than the max that you can offer him this summer. That's true. It is. So the, you, the total max, yes. Yeah, so you are protecting yourself there. Now, the, the real risk there is that he goes into restricted free agency and just says, you know what, I'm not signing for anybody. I'll take yep. the qualifying offer. That's exactly right. And then I'll go. But again, like... Feels disrespected. He's got to understand as well that if the Sixers turn around to him, if he has another year like last year, mm-hmm. like where he plays 31 games and gets injured again, the Sixers, and, and we get to restricted free agency, the Sixers could just say, thanks, bye, and just wave him away. And then he becomes an Andrew Bynum where he'll get a one-year offer from somewhere because he's super talented. You had to bring him into this, right? Well, you had I did. To. No, I, you know, but you know what I mean. Like Bynum was, in with the Lakers, Bynum was. Yes, he was, fan, yes, he was fantastic. But his knees were. And then as a fucking flamenco dancing jackass. He had some nice hair, though. Different hair every night, you know, keeping the face. Oh, no, no. Beautiful hair, but he, he, he didn't play and he's he an stole money. And he's an and, asshole. And, he, yeah, and... That's why he's out of the league now because he is... Oh, he's a total asshole. He is healthy to play now. Nobody will sign him because he's he's a disgust. Yeah, you do realize he was here when that fucking idiot Doug Collins was here as well, who yeah. at one point had said during a press conference, who, who, who I should stop myself there, who the Bulls just hired as a senior advisor. And I'm he curious said, what he's going to be advising them on. I'm fairly certain, and I don't joke Losing. about this because, yeah, yeah, basically. He said during a press conference one time, pray for this man. Like I'm, and I don't joke about this stuff because this is the industry that I, I'm in. The, I'm pretty certain the man has dementia, and I feel bad for him. But apparently, he got hired by the Bulls. So basically, you you wouldn't hire back to Embiid. You wouldn't hire. You would not extend him at all, or you would no, offer. No, I, I would extend him. I would offer him a five-year deal, but not max. But maybe slightly less than max. Maybe max money. Whatever needs to be done. But okay. years three, four, and five. Are team options. They're not guaranteed. They no, I'm, I'm as a Sixers fan completely on board with that. And I, and I, what you said earlier kind of struck a chord with me, and I agree with it. He needs to understand that I've only played 31 games in three years, and the team that drafted me has stuck with me through everything. Yeah, they've never given up on and you. And it's not like he's been a model professional. Not all the time. He has no. been lately. Of the last. 
probably but eighteen yeah, he always months. Had he the, has. Yeah. The first eighteen months, this kid, this was a, this was a kid in a man's world with millions of dollars. That was the problem. This it's was, always the problem, you know. Yeah. And this is a kid who grew up in Africa with nothing, and he came to the states, and all of a sudden, you know, he, ha- he has half a season with Kansas, and then he gets all the money in the world. And, you know, he decides that he wants to spend that money on chicken fingers and pizza. Yeah. And when you're big like he is and you can't work out because you've got a broken foot. You gain weight. You gain yeah. weight. He gained a lot of weight. And, you know, in fairness to him, he came back last year. He loved a million dollars. It was unfortunate that he got injured again. We can only yeah. hope that. Obviously, it's a separate injury, thankfully. But Thankfully. That's the big thing. Unless yeah. he can play 65 games this year. And the reason he doesn't play the other 17 of that, you're resting him. Mm-hmm. I'm not offering him any more than two years guaranteed and three years of team options. At, yeah, and I, can, the I actually can't disagree with that. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. I'm totally on board with it because it, I think that, in my opinion, is a win-win. Because at the end of the day, if he plays two years injury-free... They can always make that contract a little course, better for him, of course. and that's that's the beauty of it. You're 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 both taking risk, but you're not taking enough risk to where it's going to kill your franchise. Well, that's so, it. They can tell him, look, if you play fifty games a season, you can have a gentleman's agreement with him. If you play fifty games in a season, we will automatically at the fifty game mark guarantee mm-hmm. your next year's contract. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, those are those are good incentives to have. You know, and and again, you know, they can like because they'll they'll hold his bird rights with the team options. If it's a thing that he gets hurt again, but they're like, okay, well, he's going to be out for six months, but then he's going to be back. They can rework a deal with him that way as well, and it protects him and it yeah. protects them. So for me, that's the best way with him. All right, I, I I'm going to go to another difficult one, and again, I'm not going to go through all these because. Um, we don't want an hour and a half pod, but Jabari Parker for the Bucks. What do you do there? Same with the same. So, okay, double ACL, double same ACL. I, and I think Jabari's a fantastic player. So do I. Um, I love his game. I think he's a lot of fun to watch. And I think we've been robbed of potentially a top ten player in the league with the injuries he's had. Um, I think, think that's what he could have become in you know three four years time. Um, but I, I like I. I think he's a good fit there. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's perfect as a foil for Giannis. Yeah, so yeah, he really me, is. I don't know that I give him this. I don't know that I give him max money because I think Joel can still become a top two or three center in the league. I yeah. don't think Jabari can become a top three power forward in the league, a top, even a top five power forward in the league. But I still think he can be, he can be a good player. So if I could get him for you know two years at Twenty million a year with the following three years, or two even following two years as team options. That's where I go with him. But I, you cannot give him a max deal. Not off, not off two ACLs. No, no, I, I wouldn't either. No, no question about it. I would not do that. Um, so next player, I'm going to go with your boy, Andrew Wiggins, Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, you have to max him. You have to max him. He's twenty points a night, every single night. And if Jimmy Butler gets Wiggins in the lab and turns him into what he can be defensively, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're looking at a very special player, a top 15 player in the league. Yeah, no question. And look, we're Minnesota. We have to max him because 
we we don't get free agents. I know this year we got we got two relatively big free agents um, in, in Jeff Teague and Taj Gibson, but we got them off the back of having been able to trade for Butler. We don't have like Butler could leave in two years. We don't know yet what's going to happen with him. Exactly. Um, we we need to have Wiggins long term. And we need to have Towns long term. We cannot afford to let these guys go. So we have to max Wiggins. Yeah, no, I, I would I, agree with that. Like, I think, I think the destination thing is. I do think his play is warranted. I think I know. I, I know he's not playing good defense, but for the first two years in the league, he was really badly coached, and he's developed a whole bunch of bad habits. That's what it is. The whole team has. Um, it's down to Tibbs his coaching staff, Butler, Gibson and Teague, to knock those bad habits out of the younger players. Yeah. And I think 20 points a night is still 20 points a night, and there's not a whole lot of players that come into the league and score 20 points a night for three years. No, not consistently. It's just that you don't find that all the time. And it's not like he's a gunner, you know what I mean? So it's he's not taking 20 shots to get 20 points. Um, next guy I would go with was is Julius Randle for the Lakers. No, well, you're definitely not giving him the max. Like, no, me either. I, again, I, I like him. I think he's a talented player. Well, um, let me ask. Let me let me spin this a little bit. Let me ask a different question. Do you offer him any kind of contract? Oh, I do. I do. Okay. Um, I think I'd go four four years for seventy million, maybe. Okay. I think somewhere in that range is fair for the like. Remember, he lost a full year as well. Yeah, with the and, same thing ACL. You know the the. the the thing for the Lakers, though, is can they afford to offer him a contract, given they're going to need that free agency money? But that's so. that's ex- that's exactly where I was going with that question. Would you offer him anything? Because the way that I see it is, he's a he's a decent player. Mm. But if you're the, if you're the Lakers, you don't you don't dabble with decent players. You can't. Especially, you can't. Your fan and, base doesn't allow it. That's exactly right. So I don't know, like, if he doesn't take, like, why tie up that kind of money to a player who's not, never gonna, he's never gonna be a superstar or a star, in my opinion. So I'm kind of in agreement there. Like, I, if if we both are in agreement, we think LeBron's going to the Lakers. Yeah. He's not gonna fit LeBron's game. LeBron's not gonna want him there. No. So I, I, he, I personally, he's too small. To, he's too small for the Taj Gibson role. His arms are too short. He doesn't have the wingspan. Doesn't have the athleticism, or not the yeah for the Tristan Thompson role, I should say. Yeah, and you're gonna pay that guy what fifteen million dollars a year? Fuck yeah. out of here! No, no way. That's not happening. It, it, like, if it was any other franchise, I think you would. But if you want probably, and you're hoping to also get Paul George, um, you need that money. You really do, because I mean, at the minute, if you look at, at what they have, um, Lonzo, him, and Brandon Ingram, and that's it. And obviously, Brandon, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo aren't going to be due extensions for a year and three years out, two years and three years after. Um, yeah. So you know, it, you you need you you're going to need to save your money for for LeBron because you need you need a center. You're gonna need. If, you need a lot there. They you need, need everything. Shit. You pretty much yeah, need they everything. Do. You know. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's true. And they, if, I mean, if you're bringing in LeBron, you're you're going to win. You're looking for championships. You're not looking to make right. playoffs. Which means yeah. he is going to demand that you you pay money 
the problem yeah. they have is that they because their players aren't any good, bar Alonso and him and, and Ingram, you don't have any trade assets either. Well, that's that's the problem. So they, he's their only trade asset. Yeah. So that's their only thing. If they can get him on a decent contract, then maybe next summer they can look to trade him to get some, some veteran pieces in. That would be the smart thing, because you could probably get a team who's out of contention and has nothing to play for and has a star on their team would be willing to give him up for a Julius Randle because they know that star is never going to stay on their team. Exactly. So that would probably make more sense. So I'll move on to two guys who I think are probably layups, but you tell me. Um, Yusuf Nurkic with the Blazers and Rodney Hood with the Jazz. I I don't think they're max guys. I don't I, think they're max guys. I think but that you be- definitely you do a hundred percent have to give them their extensions though, um, because they're both like. Nurkic, if he stays healthy, is a monster, like an absolute monster. Um, and, and we've just we talked about Hud earlier. He's a really well-rounded, very talented player. Um, the Jazz's bigger question is the other guy they'll have to look at is Dante Exum. Yeah, who I don't I, know I, what you do with him. I I mean, he looked great in the summer league, but everybody looks great in the summer and league. He should look great in the summer league. He's been in the league for three years. Well, yeah, two, two years because he lost a year with his ACL. With his ACL. I but, just, I, I wouldn't go anywhere near that. No way. Um, the one, the, the one that we haven't mentioned, well, actually, there's another one in, in, in Philadelphia, in Dario Saric. What do you think of him? Like, what, what do you do with him? Well, Dario Saric is a really good player, but he's only played one season. Does he, so he doesn't um, actually count then, does he? He does he, not. He's, he's not, not in this class. Extension. No, he's not doing extension because remember he stayed overseas. Perfect. So you he, don't have to get. His, him. Don't have to worry. We don't. Have, yeah, we don't have to touch him for now. I want to see him do what he did last year, and then we'll talk. Okay. Um, and I think he can do that, but I, I think he's going to be a really he's, he's really good last year. But for me, you got to do it for more than one season. Yeah. To even beat, it's like it's like Embiid. You know how much I love Embiid, but you can't play thirty games a season and expect to get paid or relied on. It's just you can't do that. So there's there's probably two other guys. There um, is. That are interesting, and one's Gary Harris, and the other one is Marcus Smart. I don't know if they were the two guys. Oh, you were no, thinking. they're not the two guys I was thinking of. Well, Marcus well, we got Smart. Zach Levine too. Zach Levine, if you want to touch on Zach Levine or or no, Aaron Gordon. The two I was thinking of were actually later in the draft. One is Clint Capella. Yeah, he's one. Um, and the other is uh, is Nikola Jokic. Oh yeah, he wait, was he that was he that was he that he was, was in he that draft? draft? But I don't know what did he come that year. No, I don't he didn't think come that year. He came the following year. He did it. That's what I he thought. Was in, he, yeah, he was 15. in Towns as rookie rookie class. That, yeah, exactly. Which was fifteen because Towns. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, I, I, honestly, the only guy in this class that I give the max to is Wiggins. And me too. The likes of I, I, for me, Parker and Embiid have max talent, but you can't because of the injury. So you find a way to work deals with them. Um, okay. I, think I agree with that. Orlando have to extend Gordon because, like Minnesota, they can't get anybody to go there. But you can't yeah. give them the max. Um, I think Boston should extend Smart because, having lost uh, Avery Bradley, I think they need like a proper bulldog defensive guard. Do you think um, he's a, honestly? Do you think he's a good player? Uh, I think he's a great defender. I don't know that he's a good player. Yeah, see, that's I'm in the same boat there, and that's what but I, that's I what don't. I don't know that Avery like Bradley him. was a good player after three years either. 
Yeah, see, I, I would disagree with that. I think he was a good player and became a good player. When he came into the league, he but wasn't remember, a very he came good player. In on a great team. He did. He arrived on a great team. He, I don't think he was very good his first two years. I don't think he could play the play. No, no, he wasn't. But That's what I'm saying. He was no, great. He was, yes, but, but he, he was, turned into a shooter. He's uh, yeah. a three. He's three and D guys. A true three and D guys are hard to find. You yeah. know this. Yeah. And I thought Smart showed flashes of it in in the playoffs of being able to be that guy. Um, but he has to work on his shooting. He has. Yes. He needs forget the team hiring a shooting coach. He needs to hire a shooting coach. And when practice is over, he has to find a gym that he can go to with a shooting coach and shoot two or three hundred jumpers every fucking day that he has the chance. Because Yeah, he has to he has to dedicate himself to yeah, it. No question. Because defensively, he's a guy who has the talent to win defensive player of the year, but offensively he's often a complete liability. Um, you know, you go down yeah. the line. Nick Stauskas, you can't. Fuck no. no. Fuck, he's not. No. He'd be like, he'll be lucky to be in the league in three years. Uh, absolutely. Again, no, if, if, like, if he can find like a role, if if Stauskas can just find his shooting touch consistently, yeah, you, you, he could be a decent bench player for someone. No, I mean, Monley, he, again, he's a bench player. He's a good energy yeah. guy. He he's got guys like that the Kyle same, Anderson you know these are a lot of a lot of this draft that was really really hyped are at best backup players I mean yeah. barring the top three and Gordon and then Zach Levine Saric but you know the, the top three top four Saric um, Jokic Capella and Hood I don't think there's anyone else in this class who's a, who's a starter quality player in the league Zach Levine, I don't know what he is yet because yeah, he, nobody played, does. he played point guard for a year and he was horrendous. He played shooting guard for a year and he was very exciting, but his, def- his defense was among the worst in the league. And then he got hurt and the Wolves were better without him because he was he was cramping everybody because he he's a selfish player. Um, yeah, he really is. Everything he does looks great. He's got a great shot. He's an incredible dunker, but... He he's a guy that needs to dedicate himself properly to becoming a team player, to maximizing his ability, and to finding a role like you, you know find find a position and, and play it like. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's what you guys, you uh, Irish, English, Wales, Scots would call a match of the day player. Like he's a highlight type guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a highlight. Kind of he's a YouTube yeah. player. Exactly. You yeah, watch Zach Levine on YouTube, Duncan. and you watch LeBron James on YouTube, and you won't know who's better. No, you would you never don't know. know the game. You won't know who's better. But trust me, it's not it's not Zach Levine. No, fuck no. So I, I wanted to move on next to uh, Sports Illustrated does a top 100 list. Um, they've been doing it for a while now. Uh, we both looked at it. I have it in front of me. So what I'm going to do because I'm going to try to save a little time here is I want you to tell me if you have any sort of giant problem with this list and they took a lot of things in consideration i listened to a pod with the guy who um there's two guys who do this and one of the guys was on uh, it's, it's, a, it's a local sixers pod but it's pretty big it's i actually know both the guys um it's kind of worldwide now not worldwide more like american wide and it's called the right to ricky sanchez pod it's really good they talk sixers and all kinds of basketball stuff but they had him on there and i listened to him and it you know they put everything into it 
they put all kinds of high-level analytics into it, which I have no problem with, but that's only part of the game for me. It's not everything. So I'll read the first top ten, and you tell me if you have any issues with these. Number one, LeBron James. Number two, Kevin Durant. Three, Steph Curry. Four, Kawhi Leonard. Five, James Harden. Six, Russell Westbrook. Seven, Chris Paul. Eight, Anthony Davis. Nine, Giannis. I, I can't pronounce his last name. The Greek freak from the Bucks. Yeah, so you would, you, an Irish guy can pronounce that. I can't fucking pronounce it. So, and number 10 is Draymond Green. You have any issue with that top 10? Yeah, whether Giannis, it be, Giannis isn't a top 10 player. Based on the, just the one year? Sorry, he's just not a top 10 player. So who, who would you put in there? Because there are, Jimmy, there are Jimmy 11. Butler, Jimmy Butler. Because um, he's 11. Clay okay. Thompson, Paul George. Okay. You know, uh, I'd, I'd put, Towns, Rudy Gobert. I was to, I'd put Carl Anthony Towns ahead of him. I, I, I like Giannis, but he's like, I'm sorry, he's not a top 10 player. He had one, he had one exceptional season where he wasn't even. Now, if he does it again, would you keep him there? No. I, <laughs> you still wouldn't? Like, Jimmy his, Butler has his, had three incredible years. Um, I, if he has another year like he's had, that'll be four. Same for Paul George. You know, Carl Towns had two historic seasons in a row. Giannis had one good season. One. Yeah. Not a, like, if you were talking about players to start a franchise with, then sure, Giannis is in the top ten. Yeah, it makes sense. But he's not a top ten player in the league now. Not even close. He, no, look, look at his team. Like, they're not... Like, no, sorry. Like, the Raptors were muck. Horrible in the playoffs. Yeah, they were. And he couldn't get them by. No. Sorry. But but if you put Paul George or Jimmy Butler in his spot on that Bucks team, they beat the Raptors last year in the playoffs. Because in big moments, big players come through. They do. He hit. Now, me personally, I I would probably, and I love Kevin Durant. Although we we just found out he has uh, multiple Twitter accounts and multiple Instagram accounts. I actually think it's hilarious. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, he is kind of a baby, but whatever. They all are. I think fucking hysterical that he banged on people who made fun of him. No, here's the thing, though. Here's the only thing I'll say in his defense, and (laughs) and I'm speculating. There is a chance he's not the only person who operates the Kevin Durant yes. Twitter handle. No so question about it. The other accounts may not have been him. But <laughs> it's still funny to think. I just want to think it's him because it's so goddamn funny. Because could you imagine like a guy who's like he's just a normal dude and he tries to go out of his way to do and he's just burning people going, What the what the fuck do you know about Kevin Durant? Like, you suck. You you know what I mean? Like he's just he's a funny dude. And I know a lot of people got a lot of flack for it. I thought it was hysterical. But in my opinion, I would flip-flop him and Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry is number two. Um, and because I'm such a Kawhi Leonard lover, I might even put Kawhi at third and Kevin Durant at four. I don't know for sure. I, I actually would have I, – I, I would have LeBron, KD, and Kawhi as my top three. So you'd have Curry out of that. I would have, I would have Curry at number four. Harden five is fair. Uh, Russ, Russ six. Yeah, you can't really argue. I don't have any that. problem with those. Um, I, Chris Paul might be a little bit high, but he's definitely a top ten player. See, that that was my biggest contention. I don't feel that he is. Um, he's no. I don't think he's any lower than fifteen. But I, I, I just I don't like Chris Paul. 
and maybe that plays a lot into it. But number seven, I thought that was kind of high for Chris Paul at this point in his career. Yeah, possibly is. I mean, I, I do like him because he's like the last of the Mohicans in terms of like the real point cards. Guards. I I don't like these modern point guards. Like I don't enjoy watching Russell Westbrook play all that much. That that bothers me every time you say that. It bothers yeah. the shit. And I don't know. I don't. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but he he's is so most, fucking. Good. But he's the most fundamentally flawed player in the league. Yeah, he is. And he's I mean, the he most is. selfish player in the league. And I, he's so good. And he's so fun to watch. But he's so inefficient. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, so that's the analytics give, side. Give, give LeBron James the amount of touches of a basketball. Oh my that god! Russell yeah. Westbrook happens. Oh, yeah. Russell Westbrook. And what happens? The scoring goes up. The assists yeah. go up. The oh, rebounds. he passes the ball. Yeah. If LeBron yeah. decided he wanted to get a triple double. Every year for the rest of he his could, career, he could do it easily. Do it anytime he wanted like, to. That's yeah. why I don't like this whole thing of people fondling themselves over the whole triple-double season. Number one, he did it at the expense of his team. Number two, his teammates were moving out of the way to allow him to get rebounds because they were afraid to get screamed at. Number three, it doesn't mean anywhere near as much as it did back when Oscar did it. Number four, it only actually became a thing when the Lakers wanted to you know, have a catchphrase for what Magic Johnson was doing. And number five, there's about ten guys in the league that could do it easily if they wanted to. No one wants to, because it, it's not for the better of your team. It's not. Normally, it's not. It's like it's when not. Will Chamberlain decided to go an entire season without getting fa- without fouling out of a game. So he just turned into a big pansy on defense. <laughs> and he managed to go the entire season without fa- fouling out of a game. And his team missed the finals. You do realize you, I will not let you disrespect the I great will. Listen, I won't have <laughs> Listen, Bill, won't Russell, have Bill Russell's baby boy no. got a little pat in the ass and sent back to bed. You get back to bed, son. It's not your time yet. You come here and you say something it's like that. It's not your time yet, son. You These won't are my walk wings. Out. These are my wings. <laughs> <laughs> so, 11, 11 through 20, in order, Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Paul George. John Wall. 14, Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. 15, Rudy Gobert. Yes. I like 16, that. 16's Gordon Hayward. 17, Dame Lillard. 18, Mike Conley. 19, Kyle Lowry, my new neighbor. And number 20 is Clay Thompson. Any issues with And 21 is Kyrie, since we were talking about him. Clay, any, Clay is any, too low. I believe so as well. Um, I, I really like. Uh, that that Mike, Conley, Mike Conley has gotten the the respect he finally like that he deserves. He's a great player. Do you think he's the 18th best player in the league, though? He's definitely top 20. Okay, I, I think he is. Well, maybe like I don't know. Maybe he's like, is he the best player on his team? Probably, probably. Yeah, I, I think Gasol. so. Now he is. Yeah, Gasol's but a great I mean, player. He's a fantastic player, and they have Gasol 24th on here, so that's not much separation. Yeah. Now, the one, I mean, they, they actually put my boy number 41, which is totally understandable because he's only played 31 games, Joel Embiid. But they have Porzingis 33, and Ali brought this up earlier. Now, you live in Toronto, and you, you follow the Raptors more than I do. I know that's not your team. They have DeMar DeRozan at 36. Do you think that's too low? Yeah. Because yeah, I think DeMar DeRozan's a hell of a player. He, he is. I'm not a huge fan of his game, but, I just, but, but he's, he's, a, good. he's a throwback player. But like, let me put Chris, it. Let me put it this Chris, way. Chris Middleton ahead of him. Uh let me look. I think they're yeah. Uh, 
He is by one, which is yeah, disgraceful. See, that's, that's not right. And um, is Hassan Whiteside better than him? No, absolutely not. Al Horford? Absolutely not. LaMarcus Aldridge? Kemba Walker? No. DeAndre Jordan? Maybe. Fuck no. No. And, Kemba, and, Kemba you could make an argument for, but it's not, maybe. it's not a strong argument. It's just an argument. Yeah. The rest of them, absolutely not. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan's a top 25 player. What's Kyle Lowry, 18? He's 19. 19. Right, right behind Conley. Are you kidding me that there's a 17-player gap between... Larry and, and Demar, I'm sorry, they just did. That's what. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think there is either. I and think they're both top twenty-five players. I mean, they got Isaiah Thomas. I'll just go through bigger names. They have him at forty. Um, I think that's fair. I, I do because he doesn't play defense, yeah. so you kind of have to move him down a lot. Um, I like they put that they gave Andre Iguodala respect. He's at yes. forty-six. I do like that. Um, Eric Bledsoe is the thirty-eighth best player. Not no, a fucking not, chance not in the world. Even. Is he? He might not even be the 38th best player in the Western Conference. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I totally agree with that. Um, Ricky Rubio, 61, shouldn't be on this list because he's just, fucking shut garbage. Up. Shut up! That's a disgrace. He's, fucking, he's much fucking better. Terrible. Much yeah, better. he should. He should be like 601. No, he should be. He, he's a top 50 player without question. Well, speaking of number 50, they have your boy Andrew Wiggins. How do you yeah, feel about far that? Far too low. Far too low. I, yeah, I, Wiggins well, but, should be where DeRozan is, and DeRozan should be 12 spots higher. And listen, this, this is the thing. They have Wiggins at 50, and J.J. Redick at 59. Who would you rather have? Wiggins. Exactly. I, I just don't understand that. Like, I love um, J.J. Redick. I, I, I love, oh, me too. I love and, he, and he's, yeah, he's playing on my team now, and I, I love him too, but I don't think he's not, I, don't, I don't think he's nine spots Less than Andrew Wiggins. That's he's about nineteen spots. Yeah, like if he was less a, than Andrew. Wiggins. If if Wiggins is fifty, JJ's late sixties probably, maybe seventy. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I the Rosen is the biggest. I think for me, the more I look at it, I think he's yeah. I mean, like, but I mean, Chris Middleton's not a top six. No, player. I don't think so either. And I, and I like Chris Middleton. I do too, but he's not just a three and D guy. Yeah, and, and there they, are and, better three and D guys out there. And they have Blake Griffin, twenty-two. No, no. fucking chance for me. No chance. Um, they have and him DeAndre and Jordan, the two most overrated players. Yeah, and that's why I said they had DeAndre Jordan at twenty-eight, which is ridiculous. He's not that good. Um, they got uh, Jay Crowder's at forty-four. Danilo Gallinari's at forty-two. Um, I can't not, wait to watch the Clippers try and put this together this year. I don't know how they're going to do it, but if they do, if it comes together... DeAndre, Blake, and Danilo all trying to play the same position. It's going to be hysterical. And and Blake and Danilo Danilo injured all season long. Yeah, and Porzingis at 33? I'm sorry, Porzingis is better than Kevin Love. Mm -hmm. He's better better than a lot of those guys. Now, they have Boogie at 23, DeMarcus Cousins. Um, I think he's better than that. How, How do you put DeMarcus Cousins at 23 and Blake Griffin at 22 is beyond me. Because just player by player, and I know there's that's not all they did this by, but and that's what you not I on body with. work maybe. But if they are based, it was on a body lot work. of different things. It, it was on body work. How again? How the hell is the matter rules so low? That's what I'm talking about. And I they did it on a lot of things. It wasn't just body work. It was it was the player. It was both ends of the floor. It was off the court stuff. It was it was high it was, level. Blake and, Griffin shouldn't be in the top sixty. 
No, I know. I can't I can't stand him and I think he's a vastly overrated player. But they used analytics and I have again, I have no problem with that. I love analytics and Gags is Gags is gonna be listening to this. Charles so, he hates analytics, he says different He does hate. Well, yeah, so there you go, Gags. You heard that. Chuck says you're a geek. Um, but Gags will agree with that. So, um, he also yeah, the only. Social media is for losers with no friends. That's, yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> Chuck's kind of an outspoken guy. So, yeah, Dwight Howard at 73, I wouldn't even put on this fucking list. No. Um, but other than that, I mean, like, you know, I'm not going to argue much with guys in the 80s and 90s because it's just all fluid. Overall, I mean, it, yeah, I think it is fairly solid. I think there's a couple of guys that have been disrespected. Um, yeah. A couple of guys that have been given credit for things they did a couple of years ago. A couple of guys that are given credit because they've got the same agent as LeBron James. Hi, yes. Lezzo. Yeah. yeah, he's just not that good. Sorry. All right, he's, so... He's a really poor man's Avery Bradley. That's what he is. And, that, and that's the case, and he's no way... He's, that's the worst ranking ever, so... So the last thing I wanted to talk about, like we do every time, we talk about an NBA legend, and the legend that we chose tonight is one of my all-time favorite point guards, one of my all-time favorite players. I tried to model my game after him when I played. Of course, I was nowhere near as good as him. Um, but I loved his attitude, loved the way he played, and he was an all-around great player. The glove himself, named that for his, obviously, his excellent defensive play. Gary Payton. Gary Payton was... The second pick overall, which I completely forgot, in 1990 by the Seattle Supersonics, who <clears throat> NBA should have a team, um, bring them back. Please bring them back. He's an, he was an NBA champion in 2006, which a lot of people um, don't remember. And that was you know basically the end of his career. Nine-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA first team, five-time All-NBA second team, and NBA Defensive Player of the Year in 96, nine-time NBA All Defensive First Team. Dave, tell me about Gary Payton, man. When I first started watching the NBA, Gary Payton was leading what was, until recently, the most exciting team I'd ever seen in the the Payton Kemp George Sonic Boom team. Sonic Boom. Yeah. And they were a run and gun team, up and down the floor. Tough on defense, spectacular on offense. Detlef Schramp and Hersey Hawkins spotting up his shooters. Strong bench. Peyton was obviously the, the leader of the team. Kemp was the, mm-hmm. the superstar. But Sean Kemp would have been nothing without Gary Payton. Gary Payton, for me, is one of the top five point guards of all time. I agree um, with that. I think... If you look at what it means to play the point guard position, you start with that creativity and that ability to make other players better. He was incredible. The leadership that he showed, just one of the all-time great leaders in basketball, in my view. He went to that Miami team and won a ring, and he didn't play a whole lot, but his, his role was as a leader, as a mentor to the likes of Dwayne Wade and some of the younger players in the team. Um, he was just, he was incredible. But it was his defense that made him stand out. It was his defense that really put him over the top. And this is a guy who at 6'4 would more than happily guard Michael Jordan for all 48 minutes mm-hmm. and, and do it with a, 
with a, a sneer, a swagger, trash talking like if he didn't get everything he wanted to say out, he'd never have another opportunity to speak. And like nobody trash talked Jordan. Because if you no. trash talk Jordan, he made you pay by putting 50 on you. And Peyton said whatever he wanted to say. Yep. And, and I think Jordan, I think he, he, he gained Jordan's respect. They obviously, they met in the NBA finals the year, this, the, I think this wasn't it, 72 and, and 10, uh, Bulls beat the Sonics in the final. Yep. Um, and that, that Sonics team was incredible. Peyton they were. Was, Peyton was outstanding. But I mean, his run pre lockout in, in Seattle, until Sean Kemp got fat, like you'll struggle to find a team as exciting as that. Even now, and like I mean, there's a lot of exciting teams to watch in the NBA now. Um, but they were just special, and especially for that era. But they were so good at both ends of the floor, and he he was the catalyst for it all because he was the one who led the offense, and he was the one who set the set the tone defensively, you know? Yeah. No, he was... Gary Payton was just a... You know, Gary Payton was born and raised in Oakland. If you know anything about guys from Oakland, California, they don't back down. Like, Gary Payton grew up in a bad neighborhood, just playing ball with guys who were older than him. He just became a great player. Went to Oregon State, was really good at Oregon State. Um, unfortunately, his he got bounced out of there because of grades and wasn't allowed to play again. But um, that happens. Uh, you know, he went on to play with Milwaukee. He was on that Lakers team that tried to force that championship in 03, 04, um, when the one with Carl Malone signed right. to it to kind of t- the tail end of their careers. He actually did the same thing with the Celtics. But again, one year, people don't really remember it. But yeah, I mean, he he was a volatile guy. He was like a, a small Rashid Wallace. Yeah. Um, if people, yeah, you know what I mean? Like he was just a, but just a great player, a phenomenal player. I loved him. Um, like you said, top five ever point guard for me as well off the top of my head. Um, I think he played, yeah, he did play in the, uh, played on two Olympic teams, the 96 and the 2000. And won gold medals both times. Yeah, that's right. Played on both of those teams. Played in. Um, you know, he played for a long time. What did he play for? It, it, 17 years in the NBA, I think, or 18 yeah. years. You know, long, Seven, yeah. long career. And, yep. and a guy that put heavy mileage on his body because, oh God, yeah. you know, the style of play, especially in... in no in, quit with him. In Seattle, exactly. exactly. And he played... Like, this is a guy that was playing heavy, heavy minutes. Um, and he went to school all four years as well. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was one and done. By the time Gary Payton came into the NBA, he was 22. So he arrived late. He played till he was 39 in the NBA. And up until, I suppose, really he went to Miami, he was playing heavy minutes. I mean, you look at his minutes per game, and in a couple of years in Seattle there, um, in the mid to late 90s, 39 minutes a game, 39.2 minutes, 38.4, 40.2 and 40.8. That's from 95 to 2003. Yeah. They're his minutes. And then he played 38.8 minutes the last second half of that 02-03 season when he got traded. And 
even when he went to the Lakers and with Boston, he was still playing like mid thirties. He was still the star. He was only that mm-hmm. last year, sorry, the last two years in Miami, that his minutes dropped, and he was still playing high twenties. So, yeah, he was just a backup to Jason Williams, but yeah, yeah like you said, that's right. so he played a lot. But his career average across 1,335 games is 35.3 minutes a season. You know, and when you consider he wasn't like playing heavy minutes in his first couple of years, even though he was the starter, but they were they were managing very carefully for his first three years, and then those last two years, that's five years where he was playing 30 minutes or less. And he still averaged 35 minutes a game over a 17-year career. That is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, he was just, a, and that's all intense minutes. Mm. And like, the there's playoffs, no he was playing 35 minutes a game. Yeah, the guy was just incredible. I mean, it, you know, he's not hes not big. He's 6'4", or 180 pounds is what he's listed at. I'm not even sure if he was that tall. Um, In shoes, the, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Probably not but without them. He was selected, and I mentioned this earlier, to the all-defensive team, first team, nine times, which is an NBA record. But can you name me the three other people he shares that record with? Uh, Jordan. That's one. Pippen. No. Oh, oh Garnett. Yes, I was going to say. I thought you. That's. I thought, I thought that was going to be your first answer. So it's Jordan, Garnett, and one who I love. This player I love. You don't love him as much as I do. Um, we've talked about him on pods before. Christ. He was much more than a defensive player, but he was a great defensive player, too. But he had a great offensive game as well. Retired pretty recently. Jason Kidd? No. Couldn't have been Jason Kidd. Um, no, it's not, not Jason Kidd. I'll give you one more guess. I can give you a hint, but it'll give it. He, he, was, he was born in Italy. Oh, Kobe. Yeah, Kobe Bryant. He that he shares that that record with those three guys, which is again, it's saying something. It, it, that's a point guard. None of those other guys are point guards, so Exactly. It's hard. Those wings are bigs. That's right. So, all right, on that note, we'll end tonight's pod. Dave, do you have anything to plug? Or um, anything I am doing the Anfield Index on the Box podcast this weekend with Gags. Uh, we're doing it over. Nice. Um, oh, I watched that. That was really I good. Really enjoyed. Um, I'm doing MMA Monthly with Mo Chatra, where we'll be okay. talking about the John Jones suspension, having a look back at the last couple of UFC cards. Nice. And we'll have a bit of a chat now that the smoke has settled on McGregor, Mayweather, and and yeah. with with uh, Canelo Triple G out of the way as well, we can talk about comparisons between the two fights. How people said that. Conor McGregor fighting Floyd was bad for boxing. Was it or was the screw job when Triple G got screwed after screwing Canelo? Was that yep. bad for boxing? For me, that's yeah, worse for boxing. So I, Yeah, I do too. It's just boxing giving themselves the same shitty name they've had for years because a judge gave that fight 10-2 to 2 on yeah, scorecards, which is... Because Oscar um, De La Hoya probably gave her a nice big fat envelope yep, of cash. Yep, yep. You can't can't be knocking out the golden boy, even though he got his ass kicked in that fight um, and clearly lost. So, all right. Well, for myself, just um, people keep listening to this. The show's doing well. Dave and I love to do it. Um, but just check out everything else on AI. There's something for everybody. But yeah, that's it. So on that note, like I do every every time I finish this pod, Dave, what do I tell people? You tell them one thing. 
Trust the process. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.